When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. After decades of betrayal, in 2016, the American people elected an outsider to represent their interests in Washington. In 2020, the people who betrayed America are determined to prevent it from happening again. We'll talk about the psychological warfare operation being conducted by the deep state, corporate, and media players against America. And we'll preview tonight's vice presidential debate between Mike Pence and Kamala Harris. With these stories and more from an American nationalist perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is Right Now. And thank you for tuning in to Right Now. We broadcast each weekday at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. You can catch us live online on iHeartRadio or on demand wherever you get your podcasts. But this conversation never ends. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Right Now Jim Dawes or shoot me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. Or you can call or text the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. Well, I want to start today's show by uh, marking the passing of the great Eddie Van Halen, dead yesterday at the age of 65. Uh, Like many of you, Eddie Van Halen uh, was a big part of the soundtrack of my life. And uh, at the end of the show today, we'll sign out with a tribute want to start by talking about the psychological warfare operation that's being conducted against the American people. We've really, in this country, never seen anything like this. This is the type of psychological warfare you normally uh, saw in the Cold War, um, the United States uh, deploying against uh, the Soviet Union and the Soviet Union engaged in it against the United States. But they've taken all of the lessons that they learned from how to manipulate people through fear and anxiety and threats, and they have uh, packaged it up and deployed most of the really powerful forces in this nation in the deep state and the government. Uh, they're very skilled at this. They uh, they have you know practiced it for decades and refined it. But the deep state has been joined by uh, corporate America, who are funding um, you know a lot of what we see in the streets and, uh, and in these, uh, left wing DA's offices. And of course, corporate America has taken over almost entirely the dissemination of news and information in this country. And, uh, they're going wall to wall to make sure that, uh, what happened in 2016 does not happen again. Their interests are threatened by an America first agenda that uh, pushes back against globalism by reforming these disastrous trade deals. They, uh, they like cheap labor, so they want those borders kept wide open. They don't want anybody uh, in there uh, actually uh, pursuing policies that result in uh, Main Street prosperity because they see this as a zero-sum game 
where if uh, the American middle class grows, then they are diminished. And they're using all of the tools of the information age to shame you, to scare you, to threaten you. They've got uh, black uniformed um, domestic terrorists in the streets of many American cities, these Antifa goons dressed in black uniforms with masks on, uh, using all sorts of um, urban low-grade warfare tactics against the police officers to try to undermine Americans' confident in law, confidence in law enforcement. A big part of that, of course, is the Black Lives Matter movement, a, a self-professed Marxist movement uh, that is has reached the level of uh, a, a, a theology. You're not allowed to question it. If you are, then you are labeled a racist because they have used um, one of the key ingredients in psychological warfare, and that is to c- control the language, engage in lin- linguistic tricks to 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 hide the true nature of this Marxist movement. It should be black lies Marxist or something. And of course, we have seen uh, for going on five months now, violence in American streets in city after city, beginning in Minneapolis, but uh, well, I guess it began in Portland, but uh, in Minneapolis, Portland, Seattle, Oakland, Chicago, New York, city after city, uh, you've, you've had these, these rioters attacking police officers, attacking people who disagree with them politically, burning businesses, attacking government buildings. And the Democrats' response to that is, or these are peaceful. Don't believe your lying eyes. These are peaceful protests. And oh, by the way, if you don't elect Joe Biden, you're going to get more of these peaceful protests that are at this point responsible for over two dozen dead Americans and thousands and thousands of violent assaults and burned down businesses. And, of course, they've got the China virus. Now, I I get accused of being a conspiracy theorist a lot when I call it the pandemic. I don't know for a fact that the Democrat Party and the left in America has coordinated with the communist Chinese government to deploy this virus against America. But it really doesn't matter because that is the net effect of it. We know this virus originated in a, a Chinese um, germ warfare laboratory in Wuhan, China. And then they deployed it against America. Now, there's no doubt about that. We know that after the virus was created, that China uh, blocked all travel internally from that district. But they continued to allow it to spread throughout the, the world, most especially to the United States. And then it would, when it came to these shores from China, the Democrats were eager and ready to weaponize the virus 
to achieve their political ends. They demanded that the one of the best economies in the history of this country be shut down. And not just for a couple of weeks. They told us at first that it was just going to be a couple of weeks till we flatten the curve. They buffaloed Trump into obeying the science, and he did that. But an odd thing happened then. The two weeks has now turned into, is it seven months? Seven months of lockdowns in some of the most uh, economically critical parts of this economy, in New York and California, Chicago, Washington, Oregon. They have hampered this economy from recovering by telling us we have to do this to Keep from killing grandma. And we've known very early on what the proper strategy was, but nobody was allowed to follow it, and that is to protect the vulnerable populations, let everybody else go about their business to achieve herd immunity, and the sooner we got past this, the lower the death rate would be. They formulated a stimulus package that ran us trillions of dollars deeper into debt, and one of the key components of that was they decided they were going to pay $39,000 to hospitals for any death classified as COVID. Of course, that is an economic incentive, and the hospitals quickly fell in line and started classifying any and all deaths that died with the slightest trace of the virus as a COVID death. They put billions of dollars into that bill for testing. And they started testing millions of people across this country who had no symptoms whatsoever. And lo and behold, they came up with the uh, positive test that showed that millions, I think 6 million people had been exposed to the virus. If you did that during any flu season or any cold season, you would also reveal that many thousands of millions of people were carrying those viruses as well, most of who would never get sick and certainly never require hospitalization. The Democrats are telling us if you want this to end, if you want the violence in the streets to end, if you want the economic lockdowns to end, if you want to stop being called names, that you better vote for Joe Biden because we're not going to tolerate this orange man in the White House that is pursuing a, a an agenda that puts the nation's interests before the special interests. And this latest jack they've taken off on, on masks is, you know, we've seen a lot of absurdity surrounding this China virus, but I don't think I've ever seen anything more ridiculous than a bunch of uh, fake news clowns sitting on a TV set while not wearing masks condemning Trump and anybody else for not wearing a mask outdoors well separated from any other person. Out in California, you've got Gavin Newsom, the governor, issuing guidelines telling people that when they're biking by themselves, they should be wearing a mask. That is a form of mind control. That has nothing to do with the science. That has nothing to do with the disease or your health, that is simply a, a, an Orwellian 
big brother telling you that you have to do what you're told because if you don't, you will die. The governor of Washington last night tweeted out that what aircraft carriers were in World War II, masks are today. What? How are masks like World War II aircraft carriers? He doesn't bother to explain, but it's just another in the long stream of information, disinformation that they're aiming at us. And uh, one of the key components of this psychological war that they're conducting is that anybody that objects to it, anybody who questions it, anybody who has a bullshit detector is immediately accused of uh, wanting people to die, of being a racist and a Nazi and a, a fascist. Only in this modern-day America can legal citizens defending their constitutional rights be labeled Nazis and racists. But the illegal aliens that they want to tear down the border wall to let flood in, well, they're called dreamers. No, it's, uh, it's like something we have never seen before in this country. It is a sustained, going-on-four-year-long, massive disinformation campaign and psychological warfare that has reached a crescendo now four weeks before the election. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at all the lies Biden told at the NBC town hall. Stick with us. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Well, on Monday night, of course, NBC held a so-called town hall for Joe Biden here in South Florida, down in Miami. And it's really coming to light just how engineered uh, this infomercial for the Biden campaign was rigged by NBC and Lester Holt. We're now, uh, we're now learning that many of the so-called undecided voters that were invited by NBC to participate in this town hall and throw big, fat softballs at Joe Biden were not undecided at all. As a matter of fact, two of the so-called undecided voters that NBC put at this town hall actually participated in a similar event for MSNBC, the far-left, unhinged, lunatic version of NBC News. And, uh, and they were, they were just, uh, you know, their appearance was slightly altered and they were put on stage to, to pretend to be undecided voters. Here's a clip I might have to explain as it goes along. Welcome back to welcome back Miami and the 
town hall meeting with former Vice President Joe Biden taking questions from undecided voters. Peter Gonzalez has next question. Uh, welcome to Miami, Mr. Vice President. Um, I was born in Hartford, Connecticut, and I've been living in Coral Gables for the last 20 plus years. We get four more years. So he says he's identified by the Chiron there as a undecided voter. Well, you look back a little bit, and that same, very same guy appeared on an MSNBC town hall. Now, why would you have the same person appear at two of your town halls if you weren't trying to engineer an outcome and label him as undecided after you had previously identified him as a Republican Biden voter? 20-plus years. We get four more years of Trump. Good luck. And good luck with the future attracting younger voters. That guy's Peter Gonzalez in the MSNBC version of this town hall. He was identified as a Cuban-American that was a Republican voting for Biden. Then he was trotted out again for yet another town hall on NBC, identified as an undecided voter. Now, that's some deep, deep disinformation and it's brought to you not by the biden campaign it's brought to you by none other than nbc news who will get terribly upset if you call them fake news let's go to ismail eliano who voted for hillary clinton four years ago but has voted republican in the past what's your question for mr biden Hi, mr vice president things uh you know that that he again this guy ilhan i can't pronounce his last name was identified as a uh an undecided voter who had previously voted for Hillary Clinton, but usually voted Republican. Very same guy appeared on an MSNBC um, sought, they call it, um, as a uh, a Biden voter. Things uh, you know that 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 Joe Biden said during his speech that resonated with me was. You know, what defines America's possibility. Mateo Gomez joins. Why would you even have the same person on two different town halls? And then, you know, the fix is in when they identify them um, first as Biden voters and then as undecided. Just now, uh, first time voter came to the U.S. from Columbia at age two. Welcome. Spent a lot of time in Columbia. Thank you, Lester, for the introduction. After watching the debate, Mateo Gomez told us he really didn't feel like he got a whole lot out of it, and it really did not do a lot to help him. If you had to pull the trigger and vote for someone tomorrow, how would you vote? Probably Biden in this. So what's the deal here? I'll tell you what the deal is. They're concerned that Joe Biden is doing poorly with Latinos in Florida, a state that is key to winning the 2020 election. And so they packaged up three uh, Hispanic Cuban, I believe all three of them were, to, uh, to, to deceive the viewing audience. And this was a, a key aspect of this NBC news, of course, Joe Biden was allowed once again to repeat this uh, very fine people lie that has been thoroughly debunked and discredited. But at this point, it's entered the um, the consciousness of the American people, and um, and about seventy percent of them believe it's true. Here's here's here he is restating this lie on a network broadcast going out to millions of homes all over the country. No pushback whatsoever. 
The reason I decided to run for office, I, I hadn't planned on running again. I give you my word, after my son passed, I wasn't going to run again. But when I saw those people coming out of the woods, literally the fields, carrying torches in Charlottesville, screeching that, if you close your eyes, remember what you saw, their veins bulging, preaching anti-Semitic cake, the same exact language used in, in Germany in the 30s, accompanied by the Ku Klux Klan. And when a young woman was innocently killed, what, did, what was the question asked of the president? What do you think? He said there are very fine people on both sides. No president has ever said anything remotely like that. So there's this constant dog whistle, and it bothers me a lot. So that is just classic disinformation. It is taking the truth and standing it on its head. We've got actual videotape of what Trump said. He, He said the exact opposite of what Joe Biden is, is saying that his whole campaign is based on. The whole rationale for his candidacy is based on a fiction. And he knows it's a fiction. He was confronted by, um, by Joel Pollack on the campaign trail who, who asked him, was he not aware that uh, he was spreading lies? And, of course, Joe Biden quickly scurried away. So we got two more presidential debates coming up. And the next one is going to be hosted by, um, or moderated by, I should say, a fellow named Steve Scully. Of course, Chris Wallace showed uh, that even Fox News was in the tank for defeating Trump. And now the next moderator is going to be Steve Scully of C-SPAN. Second debate is going to be October 15 in Miami. Well, who is Steve Scully? Steve Scully is a close Biden associate. He interned for Joe Biden to begin his career. An intern for Joe Biden is going to moderate a presidential debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. How do you think that's going to go? How do you do something like that if you're not actively engaged in a disinformation campaign? The third debate is going to be in Nashville on October 22nd and hosted by Kristen Wilker. Who is Kristen Wilker? Well, she works for NBC News, the same people that just put on a one-hour infomercial for Joe Biden and allowed him to tell, by my best estimate, about 25 just bold-faced lies without challenge. The same NBC News that earlier this week put together a fake poll that was obviously engineered it was kind of a joke that showed joe biden winning this race by 15 points we don't know if this these debates are going to go forward because of course the president has uh, gotten a positive test the first one is um over a month away but uh actually five, over five weeks away But Joe Biden is already saying that, uh, no, uh, I I may not participate in that because I don't want to catch the COVID. (sighs) Unbelievable. Yesterday, Biden gave a, uh, a speech at Gettysburg, the Civil War battlefield. And he went there and he, uh, he once again repeated that very fine people lie on sacred ground 
Donald Trump had proposed going to Gettysburg and the media freaked out and said that he was a Confederate and he was doing it to honor the Confederacy. Joe Biden gives one and he's, uh, he's shows up telling lies. And one, th- one big topic that he didn't mention in Gettysburg was this attack by the left on civil war memorials across this country. He didn't have a word to say about that. Most of those memorials were erected to uh, promote healing and reconciliation in this country. Now, nobody asked him about his statements on the border. He's going to tear down the wall. He's going to offer free health care for illegal immigrants. That is a recipe that would end this nation and most certainly destroy affordable health care in this country. But you're not allowed to ask many tough questions. We got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Whether you're moving in together for the first time, this can be your closet, or you're a new parent to a little fur baby, Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. What do you want, Dr. Evil? If Donald Trump has his way, the complications from COVID-19, which are well beyond what they should be. It's estimated that 200 million people have died, probably by the time I finish this talk. (laughs) Just since the outbreak, it's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, I mean, think about it. Because we cannot get reelect. We cannot win this reelection. Excuse me, we can only re-elect Donald Trump. You're an idiot. Well, folks, I eliminate one tax loophole out of a trillion six hundred billion worth. A trillion four hundred billion worth. Out of a billion four hundred million, excuse me, a trillion four hundred billion dollars. It's hard to even say it so much. And by the way, it's cost a lot of money. It cost about $740 million billion dollars over 10 years. I want a gajillion bajillion dollars. <laughs> because folks, it's my coaches say it's go-to time. It's go time now. What are you talking about? But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Nobody knows what you're talking about, ass. We already have a nigger mayor. We don't need any more nigger big Damn shots. It it's okay. That was Joe Biden, not me. But that's what this is all about. The Democrat Party is not a viable operation. It's, it doesn't work as a political party if they don't get 90% of the black vote. 
And so all of these uh, ginned up accusations of racism against Donald Trump and his supporters are all about inciting the black voting bloc to once again turn out in 90% plus for the Democrat Party. If they get uh, much less than that, if they get as as, uh, high as 80%, they can't win any national election. And if uh, if that trend sticks... The Democrat Party, as it's currently currently constituted, is done. And so if you wonder, you know, why they've deployed uh, Black Lives Matter in, into the streets to whip up incitement, being funded to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars by corporate America and George Soros and his interlocking network of nonprofit organizations, that's what it's all about. And they've... They've apparently convinced people that Kamala Harris is an African-American. She's going to be the first African-American woman on the presidential ticket. There's just one little problem, of course. She's not actually an African-American. She is the daughter of an Indian, uh, the first-generation Indian immigrant to this country, and a Jamaican uh, father who is a uh, a professor at uh, the University of California at Berkeley, whose family back in Jamaica was one of the largest slaveholding families on the island. But she's going to be trotted out tonight and uh, to, to debate Mike Pence at the, the first and only vice presidential debate being held in Salt Lake City and moderated by Susan Page of USA Today. Now, I don't read the USA Today often, but I, I do catch some of their articles when they're posted. I've never heard them say a positive word about this president, and they've been uh, basically in the never-Trump camp uh, since he took office. But they're, I mean, they've got a total lock on the debates this season. But over at Breitbart, um, Rebecca Monsoor, has put together a list of 25 questions that uh, ought to be asked of Kamala Harris. One is that um, just last June, she encouraged her Twitter followers to donate to a bail fund to assist protesters that were arrested as a result of these riots. Now, that bail fund turned out to, uh, to bail out a whole bunch of really bad actors that had nothing to do with racial justice or police reform in Minneapolis. They bailed out a, a man that was accused of sexually assaulting an eight year old girl in August. They posted bail for a man accused of assaulting a 78 year old, a 71 year old woman and bur- burglarizing her home in June. They helped bail out a man accused of stomping and robbing a victim in Minneapolis the same day that George Floyd died, well before the riots started, and they helped bail out six men who were accused of domestic violence, including two who were, who were accused of strangling women in their homes. Now, you might want to ask Kamala Harris, who is a former prosecutor, what the hell is she doing promoting an organization that puts criminals back out on the streets? Kamala Harris, during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, was a big Me Too believer. We have to believe all women. But now that former Joe Biden staffer Tara Reid 
has made accusations that Joe Biden raped her. She no longer believes all women. She thinks women ought to have to have proof. Never mind the fact that Tara Reid has a a pretty substantial amount of information or uh, evidence that in fact this did happen. It's all circumstantial evidence. But this was supposed to have happened uh, about 30 years ago. And in fact, in her divorce filing out in California, the sexual harassment that took place in Joe Biden's office is documented. She has people who she told at the time that will testify that she told them at the time that the accuser against Brett Kavanaugh, Christine Blase Ford, said that she told people at the time, and those very same people came forward and said, no, I don't remember anything about that. As a matter of fact, I I remember it just the opposite. But now, Kamala Harris, it's not about me too. It's about me too, except for Joe Biden, I guess. The same Kamala Harris uh, prosecuted David Delidian an undercover journalist who documented uh, Planned Parenthood selling aborted fetuses' body parts, a violation. Now, she didn't prosecute Planned Parenthood. She prosecuted the journalists that exposed Planned Parenthood. She has spoken repeatedly again and again in support of Black Lives Matter. Not the the generic term, but the actual violent Marxist movement. And encouraged them to continue their unrest in the streets, as they like to call it. You might want to ask Kamala Harris if she's spoken to any of the victims of these violent riots. The ones, the businessmen who have had their their lives destroyed when their businesses were burned down or the people who've been insulted in the streets or the next of kin to the many people who have lost their lives as a result. Kamala Harris is on record as supporting reparations. She needs to be asked at this debate if she still thinks that people who never owned slaves in their lives, most of whom never benefited in the least by the institution of slavery should have to pay money to people who had never been slaves and who are living in the most prosperous country in the world. Kamala Harris is on record also as having raised her hand when uh, when she was asked at that primary debate if she would support government-funded health care for illegal aliens. That is a question that's going to have to be asked. I kind of doubt that Miss um, Susan Page of USA Today is going to bring up that topic. They keep trying to claim the... Biden-Harris campaign or the Harris-Biden campaign, depending on what day it is, that 
Donald Trump is protecting the interests of Wall Street. Well, Wall Street knows where their interests lie, and Wall Street has donated to the Biden-Harris campaign over 20 to 1 compared to what they've donated to Trump's re-election. You might want to ask her, why are y'all taking all of that money from Wall Street if you plan on taxing the rich, as you say? Kamala Harris uh, skipped the vote in Congress for the coronavirus stimulus package. And uh, she should be asked whether or not she is uh, committed to this uh, current package that Nancy Pelosi is stonewalling. And, of course, she needs to be asked whether or not she supports packing the Supreme Court, increasing the number so that it will give the uh, Democrat-appointed justices a, minority, a majority on the court, and whether or not she uh, supports doing away with the filibuster. Those are questions that have yet to be answered by Joe Biden. We're going to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Well, I got a little bit of good news out in Tyler, Texas. The uh, local district attorney has issued an indictment. It was actually a grand jury in Tyler, Texas. Issued an indictment against Netflix for their kiddie porn that they're broadcasting on their streaming channel. Of course, cuties, you know about it. And uh, it was shortly after that, that movie was released that I said on this show that prosecutors ought to start bringing cases against Netflix because Netflix has streamed into homes all over this country. Any prosecutor in these 50 United States can bring an indictment against Netflix for what, for what they're airing. The charge that they're accusing them of in Tyler, Texas is, um, inducement of se- purient sexual interest in a minor. Little girls in this movie that they've got dancing um, like uh, porn actresses or strippers are 11 years old. And Tyler, Texas is uh, sort of out of the way in Texas, so it's going to be pretty hard for them to get their hands on uh, these producers and other um, people responsible for distributing this smut. If they try to uh, extradite them from Los Angeles County, you can bet that the local DA funded by George Soros is, uh, is not going to go along with it. But I said uh, back then that, um, you know, they ought to bring indictments in, uh, in areas that have big airport hubs like Atlanta or Dallas or Chicago. Not going to happen in Chicago, of course. And, uh, and keep track of these people. And if they ever come through that airport to change flights, they can be arrested. But the simple matter of issuing an indictment shows that this country, there are still big parts of this country that's not going to uh, tolerate 
this smut that has targeted children and and uh, encouraged pedo- pedophiles. I found a clip online. This guy's name is Stuart Alice, uh, Alistair. And uh, he does a great job uh, talking about what's at stake here. Here's what I'm curious about this. What parent allows their kid to be filmed like this? I'm just wondering. I actually have two children. And I would first give you my left arm before I allow my children to be exploited like this. Now, here's the roots. You don't understand. See, the the, the film is actually uh, trying to show how children are being exploited, and it's an anti-exploitation, you know, of children. It's against it. Well, let me tell you something. You can't stop the exploitation of children by, by exploiting, exploiting children. Children. That's not how it works. See, that's the ruse. Well, no, no, no. We're just showing you this stuff so you can see what's happening. Sorry. A bullshit. Swing and a miss. And the grand jury came down with an indictment that says it has no serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. You got to think about what's happening here. Okay? They have a lighting crew. They got cameramen and women. They've got a lighting crew. They've got cameramen. They've got all sorts of gaffers out on that set. All standing around watching these little girls be put through this um, this obscene display. I got choreographers showing these little eleven year old girls how to uh, dance in this uh, obscene manner, and of course, this uh, Netflix film cuties won uh, an award by a bunch of these uh, perverse. Uh, pedophiles in show business. So congratulations to Tyler, Texas. And I hope this emboldens prosecutors across this country to issue similar indictments because what Netflix is engaged in here is against the law in most of the states. I don't know if it's against the law in California where Netflix is headquartered. Um, what's the name of the town they're in? El Guapo or something <laughs> sounds like that. But in, in most of the states in this country, you can't do this to children and display it for the purient interests of the public. It is validating and encouraging uh, pedophilia, and that's what it was designed to do. You won't get a lot of prosecutions. Uh, uh, you won't get prosecutions out of a lot of states, of course, because they, they're, they're political operators now. They're not there to protect the law. We saw in Cook County, the uh, local Soros-funded district attorney, Kim Fox, refused to prosecute Jesse Smollett, even though he engaged in a, a massive hoax filled out false police reports 
engaged in a conspiracy that cost the city of Chicago hundreds of thousands of dollars in overtime. Out in the Pacific Northwest, we see the Proud Boys targeted. Anytime they they come out and try to uh, hold an event celebrating uh, our rights, they're attacked by Antifa. And if the Proud Boys dare defend themselves, they're quickly arrested and charged and uh, and put in jail. While Antifa, that has been rioting for literally years in Portland, if you arrest them, they're released without bail and quickly the charges are dropped. We've seen another glaring example of these types of Soros-funded political prosecutions out in St. Louis. I think that's the county of St. Louis as well with uh, Mark and Patricia McCloskey, who have now been indicted by a grand jury for daring to defend themselves when a group of about 300 Black Lives Matter protesters broke through their neighborhood fence and started uh, uh, marching through their neighborhood, issuing threats and insults to the McCloskeys. Now, the question when you're talking about the use of force lethal force is whether or not you're reasonably in fear of death or seriously bodily harm to yourself or others. Well, let's look at the McCloskeys. The McCloskeys lived in uh, downtown St. Louis, just a couple of blocks from where those very same black lives matter protesters had burned businesses to the ground and engaged in uh, in street violence. Were they reasonably in fear for their safety? Well, hell yeah, they were. You can't wait until you're killed to defend yourself. And now it's coming out that uh, the prosecution engaged in uh, evidence tampering in order to get this indictment And I can assure you that the grand jury who will indict a ham sandwich was never told about this indictment. Here's a report from KSDK out in St. Louis. Five on your side has learned the gun Patricia McCloskey pointed at protesters did not work when police seized it until someone in the prosecutor's office apparently told the crime lab to fix the gun before the charges were filed. Our Casey Nolan sorts out the latest twists in the case. According to their attorney, one of the guns now seen around the world couldn't fire a shot when the McCloskeys confronted protesters outside their home. Patricia's pistol was a prop the couple had used in court, said their attorney when he turned it over to police, and according to a document from the investigation obtained by Five on Your Side. The pistol did not work when investigators first examined it. When the crime lab staff took the gun apart, according to this document, the gun was then reassembled correctly and it did work. Charging documents allege the gun was, quote, readily capable of lethal use. Casey, what's crucial now is what the circuit attorney does next. Um, I think what we need to do is... So this report goes on to to, uh, say that Kim Fox's office actually instructed the forensic team to reassemble this gun in a way where it would be a functioning gun. The McCloskeys claimed that it was uh, had been disabled in order to use it as a 
uh, a, a, a demonstration in court cases. I can tell you uh, a judge would require that a weapon be disabled before it was brought into his courtroom. On a related story, out in Portland, the Antifa mayor is uh, is in a race for re-election, and he's losing to a self-declared communist pro-Antifa candidate. So if you thought that Ted Wheeler was an ineffectual and, uh, and compromised mayor, you may not have seen anything yet. The NBA uh, finals are underway. I think they're going into game four. They started out game one of the finals with the lowest NBA ratings in the history of the finals. And by game three, they had fallen even more. I think we uh, is game four tonight. But they're absolutely getting crushed in the ratings. And uh, their commissioner, Adam Silver, has come out and said, well, we're going to put all this social justice theater behind us next year. Apparently, they've written off the rest of this season. I would uh, suggest that they go, just go ahead and move to China because Americans sick of it. Okay, so we're going to go to our tribute to Eddie Van Halen, one of the greatest guitar players, rock guitarists in history, member of the uh, Van Halen group with his brother uh, and drums player Alex Van Halen. Of course, uh, he had a, a great bass player as well. His bass player was named... Uh, uh, what was his bass player's name? I can't remember. But uh, Michael Anthony, that's right. He died in 2005. So we're running out of time, and I want to get started here. I'm going to play for you uh, a song that illustrates the skill of Eddie Van Halen. Keep in mind when you're listening to this that that's a four-piece group. It doesn't have a rhythm guitarist. It's Michael Anthony carrying the rhythm on his bass and Eddie Van Halen filling up the rest of the song. Let's take you out with Ain't Talking About Love.
Eddie Van Halen is gone, 65 years old. Without a doubt, one of the greatest rock and roll guitarists of our age, and he will be missed. That takes us stand. I hope to come back here again tomorrow right here on Mojo 5.0. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. If you have thyroid eye disease and you go through artificial tears in the blink of an eye, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com.